0: You're listening to Hooked on Creek, a podcast celebrating the music, history, and fans of the legendary jam band, Max Creek. I am your host, Corey Johnson, and you are listening to Episode 34.
1: Mama, you to get the car?
0: Thank you for joining me on episode 34 of Hooked on Creek. This is another special episode because it features my interview with Greg Vasso. Greg played drums in Max Creek from 1991 to 1996, and again from 2004 to 2011. In this episode, you'll hear Greg talk about his introduction to Max Creek, his memories of playing and touring with the band, his favorite songs to perform, and how he grew as a musician through all his years in Max Creek. Greg and I cover a lot in our conversation, so I really think you're going to enjoy listening to it. But then I conclude this episode with a couple tasty Creek tunes featuring Vaso on drums, so be sure to stick around for that, too. As a reminder, in the show notes, you can find direct links to stream or download the music featured in this episode, or you can simply head over to hookedoncreek.com And while you're there, click the contact link and let me know what you think. All right, now let's get started. Greg Vasso, welcome to Hooked on Creek. Hey,
2: Corey, how's it going?
0: Doing great. Thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Greg, you played drums in Max Creek from 1991 to 1996, and then again from 2004 to 2011. When you look back at those two periods, how would you compare your two runs with the band? Was the band playing differently in those two periods?
2: Good question. I can say I was playing differently for sure, which then, you know, colors how we see the rest of things, right? The medium version of the story is I never intended on being a musician, so the Max Creek gig kind of fell in my lap, and I was as green as as you could be really as a musician for that level, for the level that these guys were playing at, and me just showing up at clubs and having someone set up my drum kit you know, and spin my monitor at age 20 was just all new to me. So point being that those first five years in the band, I was really just kind of getting my bearings as a musician overall, and especially live playing, right? Because that's what the band is based on, um, as opposed to more studio stuff. I left Creek to come to Boston and study a ton, which I did. So when I came back to the band, I felt I was in a whole new spot of, at least in my mind, being a a more accomplished musician or more understanding musician, I could hear the music at deeper levels. I could understand the rhythm section stuff um, a lot more. So in short, when I, you know, my early days with Creek, I felt it was kind of the Greg and Scott show. I was listening to the guitar a bunch and, you know, how can you not love Scott? But I definitely felt when I came back, it was more like, what are the drums supposed to do overall? Oh, sync up with the bass and the percussion and, you know, get people dancing and, okay, we'll get behind the guitar solo too, so... My head was definitely in a very different spot with those two stints. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, take me back to those, I guess, those years or that time period leading up to before you joined the band. How did you first get introduced to Max Creek? What was the invitation like for you to even start playing with the band?
2: So just ramping up to the whole jam band thing, I wasn't a jam band fan really at all. <laughs> a friend of mine was relentless and made me go to a dead show in 87. And I liked it. I didn't necessarily love the music. And so part of what brought Creek around, I was like, you know, I, you know, for where I was at the time, 16-year-old, the wisdom of a 16-year-old, having grown up on prog rock, you know, I was just sort of like the dead are a little light and loafers for me. Like, I need some more fireworks, you know? Um, and a buddy of mine from Brantford, Connecticut, so that's where I grew up, was going to see... Creek. I was like, dude, you gotta go see Creek. You know, they got a little, you know, a little more rock and roll. You'll dig it. And I was like, great. You know, where are we going? He's like, we're going up to Providence, Rhode Island on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I was just like, you know, what? Like, it's a school night, man. Providence, like a good two hours away from where we were. Nonetheless, we went and quickly came to love the band for the fireworks and otherwise, you know, it was just a little more up my alley, a little more rootsy, loved, you know, the level of talent that I was seeing in a club. And over the years, got to know degoog and The short version of the story is this show that I was, like, really on the fence about going out to. I was supposed to go with a bunch of friends. All my friends backed out. So it was, like, the Saturday night, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, uh, I was going to Yukon at the time, and I was like, you know, I'm driving out. I'm driving out to Simsbury to, um, what was that, Gemini's, I think decided to go see the band no one was with me i'm like i'm gonna go see creek i want to see creek <laughs> and degoo came off uh the stage after the first set and he's like dude i'm so glad you're here he's like i didn't have your number he's like i'm leaving the band he's like they're down to final auditions but i'll see if i can get you in it's <laughs> just like what you know like what what just happened he got me the audition and kind of the rest is history so nothing i ever expected and you know i often think back on those two things. It's like, well, what if I never went to go see the grateful dead? (laughs) And what if I never went to, you know, went to that Simsbury show that night, you know, would my life be different? So, yeah.
0: So in that iteration of the band, Rob Freed was there and you had a percussionist playing next to you. What was that like to, to be next to to Rob and to have that element of the music in the band?
2: So, you know, I kind of go back to what I was saying before my, my ears and my head weren't fully in the game at that point. And and there was also this element that I'd been seeing the band for a good four years by the time I got the gig. So it's like as I'm on stage, I'm also sort of hearing the front of house version of Creek, do you know what I mean? And like I'd be like, Oh, there's that feel that Rob does, or there's that, you know, that sound. So I I certainly enjoyed it, but again, it wasn't to me until I came back in two thousand four and just kinda had my head a little bit more in the game that was, you know, I felt like he and I really connected and I, I think he got that as well. Too. like I really do. I feel like our relationship, certainly from a musical aspect, deepened during those years because I think he could tell I was listening to him a lot more, and we were trying to lock in a lot more.
0: Yeah, and then playing with Scott Allsauce with double drums for that second part with Max Creek. What was that like to have two drum sets on stage? And
2: bottom line, it was great. I you know I think it it was um, I don't want to say awkward, but whatever. There was a growing period into it all. I started playing with the band partly because all sounds had his girls and just had a whole bunch of stuff going on. Couldn't make some gigs. Um, but then it sort of turned into like, well, okay, if was playing, so let's do some double drums. And so I think, you know, just because it wasn't like any kind of official, like as of this date, we have two drummers. And so let's rehearse and go for it. It was more like, we just, sometimes we did gigs together and sometimes not. There was, there was a kind of an extended growing period, but I really felt after like the first year, like it really hit a sweet spot. And, um, and for me, at least, those those final three, four years in Creek are, are my personal favorites, a lot of it, because of playing with Scott. I thought we had, I don't know, sound humble here, but I thought we had it going on. We were just, you know, we're in tune with each other and really complementing each other on parts, and I, I I loved it.
0: I'm curious what your impressions are of the other members of the band. I mean, for those who might not know Mark and Scott and John how would you describe their personalities to somebody who hasn't met them? So let's st- maybe start with John. How would you describe John Ryder for somebody who's never met him?
2: John Ryder. John Ryder's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, like almost like the camp counselor, almost, almost like Bill Murray in Meatballs on some level. You know, just like, woo! He's got you know a lot of spunk and, and personality, funny stories, unique way of approaching the base. As we know, like, you know, ultimately the, the roots of Max Creek I think John's a quirky personality. It took me, it took me a while, I guess, you know, like to, to, get to know, like, is he joking or is he like just breaking my stones right now? <laughs> you know, but we have a great relationship. You know, John's a great guy, big heart.
0: What about Mark Mercier? How would you describe him?
2: I guess, I don't know, Mark, you listen to this. Mercier is, is, is a phenomenal musician who doesn't necessarily realize it. Perhaps. I don't know. I, I love him to death. He's always like, Oh, I stink, man. And I'm just like, dude, he's got that. Perhaps more old schoolness about him. Definitely tell he spent time in a church and the gospel background. And you know, and as, as a person, he's just. Uh, I mean, all the guys are funny. Yeah, but Mark, Mark is. I don't know his <laughs> his own personality. So I know that's not describing him. You know, necessarily perfectly. But yeah, I love. Him. I love Mark as well.
0: How would you describe Scott to those who've never met him?
2: So I don't know, it's, you know, because right, I know these guys on a personal level as opposed to, but right, I know the, like, having the scene, the band thing, and certainly Scott roped me in a lot as well. Again, I was looking for more fireworks, and I'm like, this is like Eddie Van Halen meets Garcia, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like he rips, you know, but he's got a lot of the feel too. You know, just for the time that we spent together, uh, you know, I'm perhaps closest with Morawski out of everybody in the band. When I first joined, barely at the age of 21, I just went to all the gigs with him, and he really just sort of, like, took me under his wing as as the mentee and uh, and yeah, just proceeded to teach me a lot about, certainly about music. You know, his his joking thing was, you know, pull the Neil Peart st- broomstick out of your ass because <laughs> I was a big prog rock guy, you know, so I was like used to precise things and we execute here and he was just like, lose the one and I'd be like, ah, oh, what do you mean lose the one? Like it's the last thing that you do as a drummer. He was just a big influence um, on me, you know, funny dude, we laugh, you know, a ton and probably most listening to this will know, you know, we, we still play together in depth quartet when we can and everything. So yeah, Marashi's just an all around, all around dude, you know, like uh, even outside of music, we spend a lot of time together playing basketball and otherwise and good stuff.
0: So when you think back to your time in Max Creek, what are some of your favorite songs to play that you really enjoyed when they pull out?
2: Uh, certainly so, like if you ask me was always up there and it's funny, like some of these weren't necessarily, I don't know, Creek tunes that i personally love and whatever not to go off on a rabbit trail but i think that's part of the band like there's these different eras and everything and i, I personally think there's tunes that degug plays the way it's supposed to be played and i think there's certain tunes that all Souls plays the way it's supposed to you know like he that's the best drummer for that tune
0: are you willing to go on record on what those songs are or would you rather not <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I'll, I'll throw a few i mean um so I have to lend the disclaimer here that my ear has not been as close to the ground on the Creek stuff since the Billy era. So Billy, love you, taking nothing away from me, kid. But just from 80s, 90s Creek that I saw, like um, Heartbeat, you know, is like a DaGoo special, I think. You know, just those slower tempos and like the emotion of um, All house Orange Sunshine, Old Stone's Broken Bones... Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think some more, but I do feel that there's like certain gems that each each drummer has. So I'm sorry, man. What was the original question?
0: <laughs> well, just what songs you enjoyed playing the most.
2: So I don't know. If if you ask me, "Hard Love," "The Seven, "Mom, Are You Ready?" Yeah, those are a couple. <laughs> "Louisiana Sun." I always enjoy playing "Louisiana Sun."
0: Talk to me about what that crowd is, the scene is that wraps around Max Creek, and who they are, and how they influence the musicians and and everything that goes on
2: for people that I've asked, especially people not in the jam band scene, (laughs) I'd say Max Creek is the underground of the underground. The dead scene is sort of like the underground of pop, you know, like one level below that. It's like the underground of the dead scene is, you know, Creek In, in a good way. So like, I think like with each of those, whatever levels, if you will, there's more of an intimate relationship with the band, you know, whether it's just knowing them outright. I mean, certainly, you know, through all the years that I played, I'm talking to 80% of the people out in the audience just because, you know, um, you get to know each other along the way. So, you know, there's certainly that family vibe. And I think maybe more than other bands, you know, we can be influenced by, like, like, you got to play this song. You haven't played this in whatever. 50 shows, like, it's got to happen tonight. Like, all right, we'll do it. (laughs) Definitely, you know, a symbiotic relationship with any band and their fans. But, you know, certainly with, with Creek, I think, you know, there's this comfortableness about it, you know, that we've all been there a million times before.
0: When I was early on listening to Max Creek online and going through some live recordings, I stumbled across awareness of you through, I think it was Sympathy of the Devil. I'm curious if there's a story behind that song and you performing it.
2: Short version is we used to play it in my high school band, and I always thought my singer like ripped it. I always thought he like you know like belted it just a little more than Mick would, <laughs> and so I always I always enjoyed that. And then it was a Halloween gig um, that we did. God, I don't even know what it was. I'm gonna say two thousand or what ninety seven ish, something like that. I'm not sure, but it was like you know you should sing a song, sing a song for Halloween. And I'm like, all right, you know, let me. Johnny Buten, if you're listening to this, my singer from my high school band, I'm like, let me give them some Johnny Buten love. And it just took off. People seemed to love it. So seemed to fall into the set list after that.
0: Well, take me back to, I guess, your childhood when you were first introduced to playing drums and, and performing music. What led you in that direction?
2: You know, whatever, as cheesy it sounds, there was an element of fate, I feel. You know, in terms of childhood in general, I was like so bad at sports, Boy Scouts, like whatever it was, all your standard stuff, just really not doing well in. And my brother played keyboard, and he played in a band, and um, his drummer's kit was down in our basement one day. And I walked downstairs, and it wasn't even set up. It was on the floor, but there was literally like this,
1: oh ah!
2: <laughs> like that happened. I could hear, the, you know, it was like this light showing on the drums, and I was just like, I think I love drums. And it was like 82-ish. Um, And then just really started to get the itch for drums, listening to a lot of drums. And so this was the decade, certainly, of Neil Peart, um, which I was heavily influenced by, you know, and just fell in love with it. And when I went to my very first drum lesson, um, I remember my teacher looking at my mother saying, you know, I think we have some talent here. And I was like, well, I never heard that when I played basketball. I never heard that in Boy Scouts, you know, so I'm like, maybe I'll stick with this for a little bit. I just, I absolutely love the instrument I have from that moment in the basement to I got home from rehearsal tonight. It's still as fun. It's still as great. It's just an awesome instrument.
0: I would imagine as a a young adult playing drums in a rock band, that must have been pretty fun for you just as a lifestyle. Is that true or?
2: (laughs) So like, yes and no, just because again, I had no plan for this for my life. I was going to Yukon. I was going to get my degree in psychology and suddenly I'm playing with Max Creek. So I had no grid for what it's to be like on the road and otherwise. And there was also this element that I was like, you know, I was the youngest guy. Like when I was auditioning, I thought that was going to be a liability. I thought they're going to be like, you know, we're not going to take the young whippersnapper. We're going to take someone who's more old and seasoned. So again, you know, at least for the first couple of years, it was just kind of like taking it all in and getting used to what was second nature to everybody. You know, being on the road, show up, sound check, play. It certainly, though, I think as like I settled into it, like my last you know few years with my first stint with the band, yeah, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. We were playing some great shows. I thought we were playing well, certainly. And yeah, you know, a little bit of the rock star life. Get to go to some fish shows, and you know, uh, it's, it was good. Absolutely.
0: Greg, I'm curious, do you have any favorite memories of playing with Max Creek?
2: I do. I do. I have, I have a couple that stand out. I think it was Camp Creek 2006 was the monster rhythm section. So it was me, all's House, Rob was with us at the time, and then Ryder, of course, and then Mike Gordon came and sat in for most of the tail end of the evening and it was just nice and relaxed and, you know, good mix. And it was just like, I think Mark described it as, uh, you know, it was like being on like like a cruise ship. Like the rhythm section was like a cruise ship. It was just this huge thing floating. Uh, I experienced that as well. That was just, I don't know, especially in terms of the rhythm section it was just a great, great night. Thoroughly enjoyed that. One other that stands out to me is, I, um, I can't remember, oh, what is that place in upstate New York? Can't remember the stage. Michael Jackson had just passed away. We decided to cover um, Billie Jean and didn't rehearse it at all, really, like, sort of verbally ran through it just before we got on stage. And we ran it through, and, you know, for taking a tune cold, I thought we were doing it pretty well. But the best part is I looked, you know, I was like, sort of down, you know, concentrating, looking down. And as I looked up, All's House was doing the moon walk past my kit. <laughs> i was just like it was just a surreal moment i'm like All's house is just doing the moonwalk past my kit so that one stands out too just a fun night
0: as a drummer in max creek how do you communicate with other members of the band because part of their musical style is the improvisation and i would imagine that there needs to be some level of communication between the members of the band to know where you're going in some of these jams as a drummer how do you do that or how did max creek do that
2: you know, I think ultimately it's, it's you know, about the whole band listening to, to each other at the same time. You know, like when I did my audition, I remember that was one of the segments of the audition. Like, we're just going to stretch, you know, and we just want to, you know, listen to each other. So the communication, I think, ultimately comes in the listening, you know, and you're looking to, you know, create a conversation. And I think, you know, that notwithstanding... John, Scott, Mark may all have, at any given point, will have sort of a definitive idea that they're shooting for. And they'll, you know, Scott more than I'll, often than I just lean over my kit and be like, blah, 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 don't do this. You know, <laughs> you know but Mark or Ryder, you know, like they, you know, would start in some sort of mantra of hitting some, you know, whatever it may be, riff just to set a tone. And, but again, at the end of the day, it all comes down to like, you know, especially in the spots where we're stress- stretching out or we listening to each other, you know. Just like real life, you know, right? You got to be in a conversation and genuinely listening to somebody um, and then you can kind of communicate back.
0: Greg, do you listen to Max Creek live recordings still? Or did you listen to them back when you were in the band? Was that, was that a common practice for you to, to go out and just listen to, to all those live recordings?
2: Yes and no. So certainly when I was seeing the band, I used to listen to them a bunch, much like anything in life, listening to your own recorded voice back or whatever. you like, oh, you know, that happens a lot as a musician. For me, though, the interesting part with my time with Creek was, again, I was young and there's a tendency to rush tempos. And I think the band partially liked that. You know, it's like, oh, the new guy, you know, he's like, he's all full of piss and vinegar. Like, let's take everything fast. You know, but I, after listening back to those recordings, after a couple of years, I went back to him and I'm like, guys, I'm like, this is just like some of this stuff is just too fast. Like, like let's slow it down, let's get the groove to sink in, let's get people to dance. And so there was an effort there with the band, but there was also that was like kinda like, I don't know, me coming into my drumming a little bit more and being like, Okay, like, let's lock this in. Like that's what the drums are supposed to be like. There should be a vibe in the room and everyone should be bumping their heads. So so yeah, it's sort of that push and pull with recordings of like, Oh, I don't like what I hear, but it was also like, Okay, you know, let's we can make a turn for the better here. But there was a couple gem nights Want to say it's like ninety-seven or ninety-eight Woody's Roadhouse, just a great night. <laughs> so those gems I, I I go back and listen to every now and then.
0: When you think about Max Creek, are you surprised that they're still around after fifty years this band? Is it still going?
2: Um, on some levels, yes. Just for the sheer math of fifty years, you know what I mean, and like all oh, that could potentially happen, you know, within that. And again, I've been relatively removed from the band for, I mean, gosh, almost nine years at this point. It's crazy. But I I remember those last few years with me and All's House and otherwise, it really felt to me like every night was just sort of like, like, we don't have anything to prove anymore. Like, you know, there was a time in the band we were really gunning. We were trying to do whatever, be a part of, you know, one of the top jam band folks and yada yada. And it felt to me, at least, those last few years was just sort of like, who knows where they are all going to be here tomorrow. Like, let's just have a lot of fun tonight and play some good music tonight. You know, and and that's a good spot for a band to be in. So, so assuming that that has sort of remained throughout the years here, yeah, you know, you just got to enjoy every night and play your heart out. You know, you never know when it's your last. And so I think that's part of what's kept it alive this long, amongst other things.
0: When you are not playing drums, I'm curious, what what keeps you busy? What other hobbies or or things do you do besides play drums? These days,
2: primarily working (laughs) to support my family. So I'm a project manager for um, ADP, automatic data processing. So for clients that buy some of our bigger solution sets, I'm the project manager to help set it all up and get them going.
0: Do they know about your history as a drummer?
2: (laughs) At some point. Yes, yeah, so or at the very least, you know, I let them know, you know, I was like a touring musician most of the 90s and they'll, they'll Google me and they like, oh, you know, I see pictures of you playing drums. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, you know, it's I've certainly it's been a lot about being the family guy, you know, for the past 10 years, but I, I play as much as I can.
0: Greg, are you still playing drums right now? And if so, what brings you out on stage? Or what brings you to your drum kit?
2: Yeah, so my most consistent thing at this point is uh, probably playing with my church more Sundays than not, and we um, our set is a lot like a dead show. People are like, woo, they're all fired up. We get a good, like, 45 minutes, and we are encouraged to stretch out if we're feeling things as well, so it's cool. It's not just the, you know, couple whatever tunes every Sunday. Um, So i certainly enjoyed that. I do uh, a function band with Gary Backstrom from Jiggle and a couple other cats from Boston, John Vanderpool, you know, weddings, parties, things like that. We're about to do a Paul Simon cover thing and what is it's november 20th in taunton so that's with um gary from jiggle and some other folks so i do that from time to time and then depth quartet as well with scott we kind of average like one gig a year at this point but we we practice a whole bunch we practice like for like 20 weeks for that one gig so all those you know kind of keep me active these days
0: all right craig vasso thank you so much for joining me on hooked on creek my pleasure It was a lot of fun talking with Greg Vasso, and I really hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. One small clarification from our interview, I think the story Greg told about the Monster Rhythm section with Mike Gordon was from Camp Creek 2004, not 2006. Well, that's what I found when I went searching for it online. I guess it's true what they say, after a while, all the years combine. You know, every time I get the opportunity to talk with somebody in the band or connected to the band, I learn something new and I gain a deeper appreciation for everything Max Creek has accomplished over the years. And that's really what this podcast is all about, so thank you so much for listening. All right, now I'm going to play a couple tunes featuring Vasso on drums. This is Max Creek performing Louisiana Sun into The Seven live on December 31st, 2009 at The Warehouse in Hartford, Connecticut. (laughs)
1: you Night's due
0: And that concludes episode 34 of Hooked On Creek. Huge thanks to Greg Vasso for coming on the podcast, and a huge thanks to you for listening. It really means a lot to me. If you are curious, during the introduction to this episode, I played a portion of Mama Are You Ready, performed by Max Creek, live at the living room in Providence, Rhode Island, on October 13th, 1995. And as always, let me know if you have suggestions for future episodes. Or recommendations on people to interview for this podcast. You can get in touch with me via the contact link on the Hooked on Creek website at hookedoncreek.com or via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Hooked on Creek to get connected. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in.